This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Knowledge at Wharton on Business Radio. Here's your host, Dan Loney. One of the reasons for success behind Amazon has been the convenience of getting what you need and having it delivered when you need it. But even that convenience has its limits, especially when you're talking about buying like a flat screen TV and then you're the one that has to figure out how to mount it up against the wall. But that's changing. Amazon is rolling out services that can, the consumer can purchase to help you do the installations on some of those bigger items you buy. Right now, this new service is being rolled out in New York, L.A., and Seattle. But obviously, if it shows success, you can expect it to be rolled out nationwide. Joining us to discuss what's going on here, Wharton Management Associate Professor Daniel Raff, as well as Amanda Nicholson, who is a professor of retail practice at Syracuse University's Whitman School of Management. Welcome to you both today, and uh, happy holidays. Nice to be here, Dan. Thank you so much. Great to have you both. Amanda, I guess in some respects, this move to to run this uh, service out there, uh, they, they want to test the waters. I'm a little surprised that we didn't see this thrown out there a little bit earlier so that they could uh, make a full go of it here at the holidays. Um, I would probably agree with you. I think um, this idea is um, clearly part of their broader effort to compete more directly with the brick-and-mortar stores. Um, I mean, the brick-and-mortar still accounts for more than 90% of all retail sales, and they firmly, Amazon, you know, started going into the appliance and, and TV business. So um, one of the ways that the brick-and-mortar stores sort of get their reputation in that area is by their service and delivery and installation. So to me, it seems um, fairly, fairly normal that they would move into this area. Uh, Dan, uh, this, as uh, Amanda mentioned, this is uh, obviously a direct shot at the brick-and-mortar stores, the places like Best Buy that that have been selling TVs for quite some time. And in the last year or two, they've been offering these services as part of, uh, or I guess as an extra uh, to this. How, how, how good do we think this move by Amazon could be? How important could it be, not even this year, but in the next couple of years? Well, I think that Anybody who has checked their email in the last four or five days uh, will be aware that bricks-and-mortar retailers uh, are expecting um, a kind of titanic struggle uh, with Amazon this year. Um, My own inbox has been completely uh, flooded, uh, (laughs) uh, both in terms of the number of retailers and the repetitiveness with which I'm uh, hearing from them uh, with very, very heavy uh, discounting um, from uh, big national uh, uh, retailers, um, some of which do an online business, but all of which emphasize that I should please uh, print out a coupon and (laughs) come into the store. Um, They started this discounting um, before Friday. Um, The uh, discounts are in general very broad um, and very deep. Um, And I think they uh, fear they're in some kind of really titanic um, end of days uh, struggle and they're just going at it tooth and claw. Now, I believe, uh, Amanda may know more about this than I do, but I believe that the 
standard arrangement for these installation services is that the companies contract um, with local service providers uh, uh, rather mm -hmm. than send people who are actually on their payroll. Yeah. Um, and uh, this has the virtue um, that the consumers, um, that, that the, the service providers uh, have been to lots and lots of houses in those areas. Sure. It, it may well be just another way of trying to raise the likelihood um, that there is uh, local word of mouth, um, uh, local reputation value for the, the facially local store, and a way of entrenching themselves uh, uh, against national retailers from far away who are easily enough uh, portrayed as malign influences. Bezos is laugh, of course. Well, <laughs> yeah. well, and Amanda, obviously th that is part of this is the fact that they're going to, Amazon is going to basically contract uh, with uh, local handymen, servicemen, the, you know, those types of people mm -hmm. that do this on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So from their perspective, this has a great opportunity for them to really add a lot of business to their bottom lines instead of, you know, that money going to the, the, to the brick and mortar store. Well, I think the brick-and-mortar store is already using, I'm, I'm, I would guess, exactly okay. the same people in many cases that Amazon is going to contract. I think what is one of the differences there is, is here is, is maybe something that's a little more difficult to figure out, which is the relationship that a consumer has with a place that they can actually physically walk into yeah. and have a conversation with. Um, some some lady or gentleman about getting their washer delivered and and um, you know and, and fixed up into their into their laundry room, is is a different kind of relationship I think than they they have with with Amazon right now. Sure. So this idea of having the Amazon, however this is going to work out, obviously with probably the same type of contractor come to your home, you you don't have that piece in between on the store floor. I am. Uh, slightly interested to know how that's going to affect consumer behavior because you've taken out that sort of personal connection that you have when you walk into a Lowe's or a Home Depot or sure. a Best Buy and, and talk to somebody called Jim or Dan or whoever, and he organizes this for you and tells you when this person's going to come and they call you. And it, it's like there's a, a whole a whole sort of relationship going on. This, I think, is going to be a little different because you're going to do this all online. Yeah. And it's sort of sight unseen. It, I, this may be immeasurable, but I think it is a little different when you're letting somebody into your home based on um, a, a, few, a few clicks of a mouse rather than a, on a conversation on a store floor. Well, let's see if we can maybe help you out with some of that information. We'll open up the phones, one eight four four wharton one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. Obviously, right now, if you're in Seattle or Los Angeles or in the New York area and you've used this uh, in the last few days, uh, please give us a call. One eight four four nine four two seven eight six six is the number. So uh, obviously, Amanda and Dan, this requires uh, quite a vetting process by Amazon to be able to put this kind of list of potential people uh, together. Obviously, the stores, the big box stores have done this, but but Dan, for Amazon, this is, this is a bigger part of the process, I think, than just getting this off the ground, is having the right people in the right place. Oh, I'm sure it would, it would be catastrophic for them in any particular geography um, if um, they hire um, people 
people who are incompetent or worse yeah. uh, would surely get a lot of local press play. That would just be a disaster. They would surely um, uh, want to take pains to avoid that. Amanda, for, from Amazon's perspective, is that the, the, the most important thing with this whole process of making sure that you have the right people and you have basically everything in place uh, just as you're rolling this out, even in a test phase? I believe it is, and I think um, one of the things that they're talking about, though they're, they, they've said they're going to waive this and through uh, June of next year, is that their service providers will ultimately pay them a monthly subscription. Yep. Um, so I think that's another issue. You know, I, 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 oh, I, that's, that's interesting because the, the monthly subscription issues is, is like from yeah. an Angie's List uh, situation, but in this case the service provider pays the subscription as opposed to the consumer. Yeah, and, and that's the interesting part about it is that I, I wonder if that is obviously a a huge issue for the, the, the company that is doing this work because of the fact that this may be business that they're getting over and above what they might get. They feel like it's, uh, I guess, in some respects, it's gravy on mm -hmm. top of the turkey. Uh, so they're willing to pay that that 20% or whatever that fee is to Amazon because they're getting that extra work. Mm -hmm. so, so it's really quite interesting. This is not the model of um, a big corporation um, paying uh, an annual retainer um, to a corporate law firm, let's say, mm -hmm. so that if something arises, um, the law firm will be available. Um, this is getting the local providers to pay Amazon for uh, incremental business. Um, and among other things, uh, I suppose it might make you wonder um, uh, which local, whether, whether the set of local providers that are going to be desperate for extra business uh, are the best people. Exactly. Uh, that, I, that I totally uh, understand what you're saying, Professor Raff. That was my first thought. Can you buy your way onto this list? Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's obviously a huge concern. Now, the other part about this is you are, in some respects, walking into a little bit of dangerous territory in that I read in one article about this. They said that Amazon is hoping to expand, if this works, expand this beyond uh, into new realms like fitness instructors, music mm -hmm. teachers. Mm -hmm. I mean, this, this has far-ranging effect uh, on the consumer dollar, mm -hmm. Amanda. I, I, I agree. I, there's also something here that is, uh, um, is, I think is kind of interesting, which is a little away from Amazon, is what's, what's happening um, in social media in this arena as well. So if, if we look at an Angie's List kind of model, which, uh, which, which was doing very well, which let consumers basically chat about their experiences and recommend exactly the sort of contractors that hopefully Amazon are going to find, the good ones anyway. Um, there's, there's some issue here, I think, with, with the younger generation on how receptive they are to this. I think right. they, the, gen, you know, the boomers and, and Gen X have been fairly receptive. To it. I'm not sure if the Foursquare and Facebook group are so enamored by traditional review sites. Um, and whether the, the growth of social media and, and th their ways of doing things seem to be slightly different. I think they're more enamored by, um, by personal recommendations mm -hmm. and users' likes and interests and, and, and things like that rather than believing necessarily what um, Angie's List says or what Amazon's List says. And I, I think that's something that's um, 
not, not easy to quantify right now, but it's going to be an interesting um, something to watch as they become more increasingly part of the marketplace. Amanda, you brought up an interesting point uh, earlier in the fact that uh, you, you obviously don't have that personal connection uh, like you do when you go into the store. Right. But, but in some respects, uh, people today, I think, aren't as worried about that because— I mean, I remember we went through this a couple of years ago where the problem of showrooming and, and in some respects it's still there uh, where people would go into the store, take a look at an item and then try and see if they could find a better deal online. I think people mm-hmm. have in some respects perfected that and, and don't feel like as much they have to worry about that personal connection going into the store. Well, I would agree with you in terms of the item. I would agree with you totally. So you see the item in a store if you can find on your mobile a way of getting the same item for a lot less while you're standing in a physical space. That that makes perfect sense. But what we're talking about with with this Amazon help service is something a little different. We're talking about somebody's actual blood, sweat, and tears to actually install this item. They're going to be standing in your living room or your kitchen or wherever it is. It's a little bit different from having it delivered in a in a box via UPS and put on your back porch. <laughs> well, and, and Daniel, this this is obviously very important for all of these uh, individuals that will be putting these items into houses, whether they be TVs or or small air conditioners or whatever it is. And, and I guess from some respects, with that industry a lot of times being a word of mouth type of industry, you know, one consumer has a great experience with with X handyman and passes that information on to her, his or her neighbor and it kind of moves on down the line. This it becomes extremely important for those people and for the other types of industries, let's say plumbers or uh, carpenters who, you know, who are, may be friends with these installers. This is a chance to really kind of spider web out. You are profoundly right about this. In our secular age, one of the really important social functions of being um, um, part of a church or a synagogue or whatever it is, is the listserv. And one of the big activities on these listservs, um, I observe in my household and the households of my neighbors, is passing on recommendations <laughs> about trades. Yeah. You know, yeah. who's, who, who's good, who's reliable, yeah. who's really going to finish the job, and yeah. so forth. Mm-hmm. A huge fraction of the traffic on these listservs isn't about anything to do with the religious institution. It's about, you know, getting 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 through the tasks of daily life. With but, it. Amanda, what, and you brought up the, the, a little bit the generational issue of this, and what is the general consensus of how millennials view these types of, uh, of services these days? Well, I think, first of all, millennials and many of us have found a couple of things that are interesting about these. One is the, the, the marvelous fact that even if you're not terribly skilled or gifted, you can actually Google pretty much anything these days. It's <laughs> true. And, and with, with, a, with a fairly limited toolbox, you'd be surprised at what you could do. That's just putting that aside. It's extraordinary how you can fix things. I, we had an incident in our house yesterday where one of the Christmas lights didn't work, and we were trying to figure out, and so we Googled it, and... And we practically had a celebration because we were so pleased with ourselves <laughs> that we figured out how to do it. <laughs> so I think, for one thing, younger people are more likely to Google anything than, yeah. you know, and fix things themselves. That's one thing. But I do think um, tech-savvy younger uh, consumers are very much about experiences that are more fun and personalized and um, something they can sort of 
share or even even brag about. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a little different from just getting someone to do it for you. I think they have a little different view about maybe they can do it for themselves. Yeah. Um, and I think I think that's where this is interesting going forward. You know, I think going forward it might change a bit as they're always having to call someone to fix things for you. Well, and, and you mentioned before about the the types of sites uh, like Angie's List and, mm-hmm. and, and Craigslist and Yelp. The, these are all uh, sites that have gotten a fairly good reputation over the mm-hmm. last several years. People, mm-hmm. uh, Angie's List, heck, they're they're even doing advertising. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they obviously have to have a fairly decent reputation. A- a- and I would think that if this Amazon service, this particular part of it, is, is successful that places like Angie's List and Craigslist will be hurt by this. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. But I think if you look at Yelp and Angie's List um, fairly recently, I mean, in the current quarter, th- their revenues are not coming up where they expected them to come. Yeah. And right now it's partly due to the um, the stalling growth among their paying members. The question mm-hmm. is, are people prepared to pay for exactly what Professor Raff described, something that you may be able to figure out on a, on, you know, on your local listserv for your church or for whatever group you belong to. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. And and as you alluded to, as we've seen kind of that that stagnant growth now, Daniel, for the last what about three to four quarters, uh, and, and it just consumers are feeling a little bit better, but they're not feeling overly excited about where everything has kind of gone over the last year? Well, I think the red thread behind running through what Professor Nicholson was saying just a moment ago is that this is all about contracting for services with actors you don't really know, Mm -hmm. with actors um, who don't have a lot of reputation capital with you. And on the whole, you'd rather take advice from people you trust and people who will feel feel badly um, if they give you advice which you follow and doesn't work out. Um, and there's so if you've if you've got some handyman um, whom you have experience with and trust, you go to them first. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's probably in the population as a whole a certain substantial extent. Um, uh, of consumers looking for services um, that are in some sense novel. Yeah. Um, and there, they'll, you know, they'll be happy to gather whatever information they can, but if there's some more trusted source, they'll go to it. I mean, a, re- a phenomenon that's quite related to all of this is, is the Zagat's um, uh, sure. restaurant uh, recommendations, which are, of course, made by people who don't necessarily know anything about cooking or food. Um, <laughs> And if if your local newspaper, I'm not sure, I haven't read a newspaper in Syracuse in many years, but in, certainly in many cities, and certainly Philadelphia is one of them, the local newspaper has a restaurant critic who is A, very good, and B, whose recommendations you've had a chance yeah. over the years to test out. You know whether they, you trust their judgment or not. Yeah. Um, and you, you, you trust such opinions vastly more than you do Zagat. Well, and, and the, the Zagat rating service, I know that there have been stories written about uh, the validity of all the all the reviews on there. Uh, you know, maybe some of them were planted by the restaurant itself or, or family members connected to the restaurant. And, and it makes you wonder that at some point, if, if we wouldn't see that type of of issue pop up with this Amazon service. Well, that's certainly, that's certainly something that could happen. 
I think another issue here is the, is the pricing issue. Yeah. I mean, there's a, a pricing issue here that is it's a little sticky here. So if you if you look through the site where they're describing the issue, they're, they're, they're offering here that they say that the services are backed by a happiness guarantee. Yeah. But it, and, and I love a happiness guarantee. If somebody <laughs> could really come up with one of those, I think we could all retire. But anyway, it's backed by this happiness guarantee, but it's not clear if the pricing um, seen on the website for tasks is actually final. Yeah. The final pricing is, has to be confirmed, as I understand it, in person yep. between the consumer and the professional. So that leaves quite a lot of wiggle room. It's not clear that this is that this is raising the likelihood of a happiness outcome. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, exactly. and, and, and from that perspective, then, really, Amazon is just acting as the vehicle, uh, the go-between in some respects, and they're just kind of wiping their hands of, of the whole final well, exactly. pricing issue. Exactly. Exactly. So, so that... The, the, the contractor has to, if you look from the contractor's perspective, is in charge of um, trying to negotiate the final pricing. Yep. Amazon's not getting get, get involved in that. Um, as of June next year, is paying for a service to Amazon. So at this point, it's like, okay, if you were a really good service provider and you had a lot of people in your neighborhood that you had a reputation, a word-of-mouth reputation, and, and were... were from my perspective, anyone who's really good in this arena is, is always very busy. Sure, yeah. Is always very busy. Experience. So back to Professor Rav's point, who's going to, who's going to pay for this service? Is it, would it be people who are not very busy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, so, it, 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 and it, uh, you're right, because if you're not busy, you obviously are not busy for a reason, <laughs> and, and your service well, mind, is, mind is not you, that great. We, we're, we're, for much of, for much of the American population, we are still in a major recession. Exactly. Um, so it, it would not be shocking to discover that there are actually um, uh, highly competent people who don't have the volume of work that they like right now. But it's I, the, the drift of what you were saying before, this isn't an equilibrium phenomenon. That's certainly the case. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're just, for many, many people in the economy at the moment, we're still they're still functioning well under capacity. Sure. The firms are still functioning well under capacity. Um, things are better than they've been in the past few years, but, but, but they aren't good but, yet. Then I guess from that perspective, though, Amanda, this still probably is a pretty good time to roll this out because you get it out there. You see what kind of level of success you can have. You can kind of uh, make sure you, you take care of any potential issues and if the economy does get better in 2015, who knows? It, it might very well work. That's true. And it, it does make sense for Amazon to offer services side by side with physical products that they sell. Sure. There's no question because they, they're, they're, they're losing out on that. They're losing out on that part of their appliance market and whatever else. I think what's going to be interesting, however, if someone wants to look to Amazon and find someone to help them build a deck, yeah. um, what is the relationship there with, in terms of margin with, with Amazon, all right? I mean, are they, does Amazon, does the contractor have to buy materials through Amazon? Does Amazon even sell them? Every deck is different based on yard size and, and configure. I mean, how does this work? This is a totally different thing than if I called someone who I knew in, in my neighborhood south of Syracuse and said, I'm thinking of putting a deck on. Could you help me? Sure. You know, it's a very different relationship from me having my appliance plumbed in um, by Home Depot. 
And not one that's necessarily transparent to the customer. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Daniel, Amanda, thank you very much for coming on. Amanda, by the way, having spent several uh, uh, trips into Syracuse for, <laughs> for college basketball, there used to be a great restaurant there. It's not there anymore. I don't know how long you've been there. A place called Grimaldi's. Oh, and, I remember Grimaldi's. And, yes. I, and I wish it was still there because it got me hooked on white pizza. <laughs> So that was that was my favorite story about going to Syracuse. Oh, well, look, Dan, I'll try and find another white pizza purveyor for you before you come back, okay? I, I will. I will. Thank you very much, Amanda. All the best to you. Thank you. Great to have you. Dan, thanks for coming on again. Great to talk to you again. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.